0: Welcome to Loving People to the Cross. I'm Pastor Tom Crandall. I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I hope and pray that this word from the Lord encourages you and uplifts you in your spirit. And I hope it draws you to walk closer with Him. Remember, after the podcast, stick around for one more message from me, your host, Pastor Tom Crandall. God bless you, my friend. Y'all pray with me. Father God, I thank you for kids. Father God, I thank you for a church full of kids. Father God, I thank you for the faith of a child. Father, this morning I ask that, Lord, you move me out of the way. Lord, let your word be spoke ever so true. Father God, I ask that you just fill this place. Lord, not for a feeling, not for an emotional response, Father God, but that we know you're with us. Father God, lead us, guide us, and direct us. In the mighty name of Jesus and the church said, Amen. Amen. This morning, I want you to turn to the 33rd chapter of Exodus. I can't talk this morning. We're going to try that again. The 33rd chapter of Exodus. And I'm excited this morning. We're going to be talking about the the presence of God. Uh, Last week, we were in Sunday school, and I'd I'd already had the direction that the Lord was wanting me to go, and... and, uh, we had talked about it a little bit in Sunday school, and I kind of chuckled. And uh, David looked at me like, I'm a pretty good teacher. Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> then then Wednesday night, we come together, and, and Dr. Stanley was talking about the same exact thing, and I couldn't help but just get overwhelmed with knowing what it's like to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. Amen? And, and as I began to pray this week and look at this, I thought to myself, you know, here we are, we're entering the Thanksgiving week and and man, I'm excited about Thanksgiving. I like to eat in case you hadn't noticed. Uh, but at the same time, I'm thankful for the presence of God. I'm thankful that we had Jesus as an as a as that comforter to go and and that way we don't have a priest who we have to tie pomegranates around his ankles and send him in and hope and pray we don't have to drag him out. Amen. And I'm thankful for that. The presence of God is something we all seek, something we all desire to live from. It is something that I believe if we don't desire to live from it, we're doing it wrong. I I truly, truly believe that. That's my personal opinion. You may disagree with me. That's fine. But I want to start by saying this. if If the presence of God isn't with us, if the presence of God isn't with us, hear me out before you put me out, okay? We need to go ahead and pray and dismiss and just go home. Amen? Can we all agree on that? If it's not for the presence of God, why are we here? Because I don't know about you, but I will say this. I remember times when when I first went into ministry and Carrie and I would literally spend time in prayer just saying, Lord, we want to be closer to You. We want to know You more. I, I, want, to, I want to get so close to You, Lord, that... That not only do I I know the direction you want me to go, and some people would laugh when I would say this, but I wanted to feel him breathe on me. I wanted to, I want to be that close to God that that I can literally wake up in the morning and go, Oh my goodness, you're with me. This morning I stand before you. I don't want to go into sermon mode. I don't want to just preach another sermon because I feel like that is something that we have done for for years now. We've just As pastors, we get up and we just preach. Bo, and we just go through the motions, man. And and it's not enough. You know, we go through the list on the bulletin and man, we we do it verbatim and we've done it so much that it's become an habitual habit. It's almost like an addiction. One that we can't break. One that we don't want to pull away from. But if the presence of God isn't in it, it's pointless anyways. Amen? I'm going to go ahead and dive into this Scripture this morning, if you will. Look at verse 13, and we're going to go through verse 16. But I want this is where I want to start, verse 13. Now, I want to break this down really quickly. The tabernacle's moved outside the camp. Moses talks to God, then all of a sudden, here we are. And Moses is like, God, you're going to have to show me the way because I don't know really what we're doing here. And if you're not going to be with me, I don't want nothing to do with this. And this is where we're at this morning. And verse 13 says, "Now therefore, I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may now thee, that I pray, sorry, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, "My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. I love that part, my presence will go with thee, and I shall give ye rest." And we kind of focus on that sometimes, but it's what Moses says next that I think I want to drive home this morning. But I want to go ahead and read these next two verses, then we'll come back to verse 15. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? Shall... So shall we be separated, and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Moses says, and he says to the Lord, "If your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. If you're not with us, if you're if you're not in this, I don't want to go." Share a quick story with y'all. There was a a pastor friend of mine who had been out of town for I want to say three or four weeks preaching different revivals and and doing what we call riding the circuit, and he is going through and he's preaching. He had been gone, I think, about three and a half weeks, and he comes home to his wife and three beautiful daughters. One was 16 at the time. The other one was 13, and his youngest was seven. He had a house full of women that had him wrapped around his finger, and still to this day do. And they said, Daddy, you've been gone for a couple of weeks. Can you take us shopping? And he says, yeah, we'll, we'll go shopping. Let me get situated. We'll do it tomorrow. They get up the next morning. They all eat breakfast. They get ready and they get ready to go shopping. And they get there. And he says, I'll tell you what we're going to do because I'm still tired. I'm going to give you $50 a piece. In an hour, we're going to meet right back here in this spot. And we're going to go on about our day because I've got some other stuff I've got to take care of. Okay, Daddy. And they get there, and he gives the 16 year old her $50. He gives the 13 year old her $50. And of course, the 7 year old looks at him, knowing that she couldn't go nowhere but with Daddy. Says, Daddy, can I stay with you? Follow me here, church. And of course, what does a daddy say to his little girl? Yeah, you can halfway through the store, she said, Daddy, I like these earrings. Do you think I should get these earrings? Absolutely you should get them earrings. Daddy, I like these jeans. Do you think I should get these jeans? Absolutely, baby, you should get them jeans. Daddy, I like this sweater. Do you think I should get this sweater? Absolutely, baby, you should get that sweater. Daddy, I like those shoes. Do you think I should get those shoes? Absolutely, baby, get those shoes. They get to the register. And and all the other two girls, they go first and they, they pay and, and they actually had a little change left. And and all of a sudden, the youngest gets up there and she puts everything on the counter and they ring it up to $175. And they said, Daddy, how come Angel got more than we did? She said, because I stayed with him. I spent time with Him. The moral of the story is it's not that what we can get from God, it's not what we can pull from Him as a need, but things in our life happen when we spend time in the presence of God. When we pray and we want to see things happen in our lives, it happens because we've spent time in the presence of God. Not every prayer is answered the way that we think it ought to be answered. I cannot drive that home enough. Jesus, And immediately when I think about the crucifixion of Jesus, I automatically think about the cross. He goes into the garden where He had often went to pray with His disciples. Under such agony, under such distress, He collapses. And what does He say? Lord, if You can, Father, if You can, please take this cup from me. But not my will, but Your will be done. I can't, I can't uh, uh, imagine going into life and saying, you know what, I want to do it my way. There's a song, they played it at my stepdad's funeral and to this day it irritates me because I don't want to do it my way. I tried it my way. It doesn't work my way. My way ends in death. His way ends in life. His way leads us in a path of righteousness. You know, I was reading, and as I was studying this week in the book of Exodus, I couldn't help but think about the land that is flowing with milk and honey, and here we are walking around in a land that is full of sinful and deceitful, bitter people. Oh my gosh, the preacher said that. Yes, I did. Here's the problem that we run into. We're not spending enough time in the presence of God. Because when we do, the little things no longer bother us. The little things are no longer an issue. The little things no longer are are what we look at as a problem. We look at them and we say, God, I don't know about the rest of the world, but I trust in You. I believe in You. And I know at the end of the day, You're in control. I want to spend time with You. I often talk about, y'all knew this was coming. I often talk about getting into that spot in life to where where we really just lean on Him and we we go to Him and we say, Father, I don't know what else to do, but I just want to learn from You right now. I just want to spend time with You. I I don't want to go through the motions, Father. I've tried it and I've done it and, and I've done all of this stuff. God, I've prayed. Have you spent time with Him? And I'm not talking about a few minutes. I talked to a pastor one time and he painted this picture for me. And I still have it. I believe it's in our basement. And I, I, I was talking with him and he said, Tom, the problem is is when we spend time with Jesus, we get so wrapped up in something else that we lose focus. It's been over a month ago, Carrie and Abby and and Jazz had went somewhere. I was home. And I remember I turned my volume off on my phone and I just set it down and I just turned the TV off and I sat on the couch. And I caught myself every now and then I'd reach for that phone. Then I would look at the TV, then I'd go to the door. I was constantly looking for something to occupy me. I'm just being openly honest with y'all. And you know what's crazy? My phone was sitting right beside my Bible. I was ashamed of myself. Here I, here I have my, my, my Bible, Lord, that I can get in and I can spend time with You, but I'm so worried about everything else that I lose focus on You. I lose all my focus because I want to get so wrapped up in everything else. Moses says and he shall and and he said unto him if thy presence go not with me carry us not up from this place. I'm going to tell you this this morning because I love you. And 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 because I I, I couldn't imagine not sharing this with you all. God forbid I got behind this sacred desk week after week and I didn't spend time with the Lord. God forbid that I didn't didn't study. Because you know what the Bible tells us, not just for pastors, but for Christians. It says, "Why well, study to show thyself approved. Not approved on how much Scripture you can memorize not how many times you can go through a message, not how many times you can go through a sermon, not how many times you can teach, not how many times you can prove somebody wrong, but study to show thyself approved in His sight, not only before Him, but able to spend time with Him. We have missed opportunity after opportunity as the people of God to spend time with Him. I was in a church service. Never forget it. McKenzie, Tennessee. Never forget it, as long as I live, one of the most amazing services I've ever been a part of. Lives got changed that night. I'm talking about I was so excited when I left that place, Mac. I was walking on cloud 29, brother. I mean, I'm talking about I was pumped. Miss Debbie, the phone rings halfway back to Dyer. Mackenzie and Dyer is only about 35, 45 minutes apart. Ain't that about right, Kevin? About 35, 45 minutes apart? And I answered the phone, and that pastor said, Brother Tom, I said, yes, sir. He said, we don't need you to come back. I said, okay. He said, you're not mad, are you? Absolutely not. He said, man, my deacons are upset. I said, did I do something wrong or say something wrong? He said, no. He said, two of them got saved tonight and resigned from the board. Well, what's the problem? I don't see the problem here. He said, we've got some internal issues we need to fix. They took that week and they spent time with Jesus together in that church. That Friday night, that pastor called me. He said, man, you wouldn't believe this. He said, we have seen more people's lives changed by just coming in here and spending time together and praying than we ever have on a Sunday morning. They just spent time with Him. Nobody preached. Nobody sang. They just come in and got at the altar and spent time in prayer. And God moved in that place. How amazing is that? That you can just spend time with Him and God does things. How amazing is that if you just spend a little time with Him, if you just hang on to Him, if you just cling to Him, that He'll move in your life. Now I'm not saying that once you spend time with God that it's just all going to be okay. Because I think anybody in here that's been seasoned as a saint long enough will agree with me when I say this. The more time you spend with Jesus, the harder things get. The more you spend in time in the Word, the more complicated they get. And the enemy will put things out there for you to see and hear that will try to confuse you When it comes to the Word of God, every time I had a time where I was really digging in and I realized man, the more I read, the more I think, and the more I think is the more that I know I'm wrong. Amen? Here's the problem. Then we're going to have a solution. The problem is we get so educated by what we think and our opinion, but you know, I've never found a verse in here that validates our opinion. Never. Because our ways are not His ways. Our thoughts are not His thoughts. So why do we invalidate our opinion in the Word of God? Well, Brother Tom, what this verse really means is this. Well, what it's really saying is this. What, that, there's nothing wrong with discernment. Amen? We want discernment when it comes to the Word of God. But if you spend time with Jesus, you spend time in the presence of God, you will learn something very valuable. Your opinion doesn't matter when it comes to the Word of God. It doesn't. But discernment does. Because I can guarantee you this. I can take Miss Davey, Carrie... Miss Maria, and I can take Bo and we can all sit down in the room. We can all read the same Scripture and it's going to speak to every last one of us different. Why is that? Because the Word of God is alive and well and it's active. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Discernment is real and how the Word of God speaks to you at that very moment in your life is real. I want to ask you a very serious question this morning. And I really want you to think about what I'm just going to ask you. When's the last time you really just spent time with Jesus? You might say, well, it was this morning or yesterday or last night. Or, or or, you might say, I do it every day. That's great. That's amazing. But I'm talking about when's the last time you went into that secret place and just shut the door? When's the last time you just got down before Him and said, God, I don't know what I'm doing I don't know where this is going. I don't know how to to incorporate all these things into my life, but I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to learn from you. He said, "Come to me, all of you are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you what rest. I'll give you rest." And he said, "My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest." I remember we went on vacation. Y'all remember that little beach trip? First of October, I come back looking like a lobster. It was Waylon's fault. I'm blaming somebody. He didn't have nothing to do with it, but I'm blaming him, okay? But I come back, and I was so exhausted from a week-long vacation that I needed a break from vacation. That's not the rest that we always need, is it? We always need a break, but sometimes that break we need is just going into the closet, shutting the door, and saying, Lord, here I am. I just want to sit here until I know You more. I just want to sit in Your presence. I just want You to breathe on me. I just want to spend time with You. I just want to know You more. Why is it that we're always in a hurry in life? We're always in a hurry. Amen? We're going through Milan yesterday. And I told Carrie I hate driving in Milan. It's like going to Memphis, okay? If you've never drove in Milan, Tennessee, don't try it. It's crazy, okay? It's like everybody over there forgets how to drive. And we're going through Milan, and this guy in front of me, he's done the speed limit, then all of a sudden he slams on his brakes. And I'm like, well, maybe the car in front of him slammed on his brakes. And then he speeds up, then he slams on his brakes again. I'm like, okay, maybe he's got bad brakes. And I couldn't get a- around him at the time. And he just kept on and I'm like, oh my goodness, dude, do you not? You know, in the back of my head, I'm like, do you not know how to drive? And I think I actually said that at some point. So I pass him. And what do I do? No, I didn't give him the California hello. I honk the horn like, dude, what are you doing? You know, just like, man, what is wrong with these people? And I immediately thought, man, what if we got to taking our time and every time we stopped, God just said, you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna push you through anymore. I'm just gonna go around you. Good luck. He doesn't do that. He says, I'll stay right here with you. We're gonna walk arm in arm. We're gonna figure this out. I'm going to prepare a way for you. I'm going to go before you. I've already laid the foundation. I know the plans that I have for your life. I know all the the things that I know I've got plans for you, but I want you to understand you can't do it your way. You're going to have to spend time with me in order to do it my way. A lot of people say, you know, Tom, I've tried it my way. How's that working out for you? Oh, it's working out great. No, it's not. Stop. (laughs) Just stop. Because I'm going to tell you right now, I tried it my way and I ended up in 13 years of addiction. I tried it my way and I was angry and bitter. I tried it my way and I'd have seen lives destroyed because of my way then once I surrendered to Jesus and I said, Lord, here I am, and I started spending time with Him, spending time in His presence, I realized that my way was going to lead down a path of destruction. I want you to, I want to paint this picture in your mind really quick because there are people watching you. Amen? There are people waiting on you to mess up. Tom, no it's not. There's people in my corner who cheer for me every day. There are people waiting on you to mess up. I don't care how long you've been in church. I don't care how long you've been saved. There are people waiting on you to mess up because they know who you was before Jesus. I'm going to tell you right now. And I want you to think about this for a moment. Those people that are waiting on you to mess up, are they watching you follow Jesus? Or are they watching you try it your way? Are they watching you do it your way? Because your way is not going to work very long. Your way is not always the right way. There's some things that God says, you know what, I'm going to stand back and I'm going to let you do that. And if it doesn't go the way you think it's going to go, I'm right here with arms wide open. That's every time. Amen? Every time. Why? Because He will never leave us nor forsake us. But if we're not spending time in His presence... If we're not spending time with Jesus, we're doing it wrong. Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. I want to ask you a serious question. And I want you to to really think about it. I want you to really just, just ponder on it for a moment. Are you tired of doing it your way? That, that's the main question this morning. Are you tired of doing it your way? You say, Tom. I know I'm saved. I know that that I've given my life to Jesus. I know that I know that I belong to Him. But you know, I've been trying to just do it my way, and my way is not working. And you know, I haven't spent as much time with Him as I should, and it's not working. This morning, if that's you, I want I want you to encourage you. Right Hey, it's Pastor Tom. I hope and pray this message touched your heart. And maybe even today you're asking yourself, Do I know Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior? You know, oftentimes in life we find ourselves in the mix of life. And life is hard. It's difficult. But if you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and today you say, You know what? I want to do that. I want to accept Jesus I want to know Him on a more intimate level. If that's you, my friend, today, I want to pray with you. Simply just pray this. Father God, I know I'm a sinner. I ask you to send Jesus to come and dwell in my heart and to be the Lord of my life. I know that I'm in need of a Savior, and without Him, I would be nothing. Amen. My friend, today, if you prayed that prayer, I want to hear from you. You can email me at Pastor Tom Crandall at gmail.com I want to hear from you I want to send you a Bible I want to send you some, some information on how to continue to walk with Christ I love you my friend all the angels in heaven are rejoicing with you God bless you